Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, March 7th, 2022, but it's out a little bit early. On the show today, news, and Christina and I talk about our stay on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Let's get started by bringing in the man who points out that the streetlights in video games use real electricity. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Oh, reasonably well, Lem, but if we're going to talk about video games and electricity, I want to talk about the people who live up on, on Silent Hill. It's time for them to pay their light bill. <laughs> Fog-ridden town. You know, what, they got one light bulb? Well, exactly. It's, it's a 15-watt bulb. Is this an appliance light bulb? What are you guys doing? Does it come from a microwave? What are you guys doing here? <laughs> when you've got that many zombies looming. And more to the point, I don't need this place to be in New England. Did you see that it's supposedly Silent Hill is based on Centralia, Pennsylvania, but they, it, according to game lore, is located up in Maine. So once oh. one state over. Da- no. Down the street from the Jim Hill residence. There, there we go. <laughs> That's not going to be creepy at night as you're driving home down a lonely country road. Yeah, and I just look out on the porch and, oh, look, there's a zombie that wants to borrow a cup of sugar. No, no. Go, go, go away. Go away. <laughs> Blueberries, what? But there we go. So. And we have a special guest on the show today. It is Christina Harrison from touringplanes.com. Christina was my partner on the Galactic Star Cruiser and is here with her thoughts. Welcome, Christina. Thanks for having awesome. me. All right, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Box Person, Jess TMU, and Greg Maxwell, and longtime subscribers, Cold Spot, Linbo1693, and JRM Canada. Jim, these are the folks who built the giant rotisserie barbecue for the kitchen over at Ronto Roasters in Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batu. So if you ever need, Jim, hmm. to barbecue 17 cows at the same time for your next outdoor picnic, these are the people that can make it happen. True story. Quick question. Does anybody spot that poor droid that is constantly rotating the meat over the fire? You know, <laughs> I'm thinking it's got to have some heat-treated metal in there, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if not, it's, t- it's well-tempered now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, let's do the news. Folks, the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, every show should begin with a round of self-congratulations. This one might be a little early, but let's do it anyway. Mm -hmm. The rumor is that Epcot will be testing some show changes for Harmonious. Well, the day that we're recording this, Thursday, March 3rd. Jim, uh, might this have anything to do with 
the do you think Harmonious is worse than Illuminations <laughs> survey question we saw earlier this year. I guess for me, what I'm fascinated is how quickly this is happening. Because I think yeah. we had talked about the timetable was, you know, the first they wanted to get the survey results, then they had to go to management to get this cleared. Yeah. And then it, it was a notion of, okay, testing the summer and and mm-hmm. to have it happening, this is April. This is uh, this should be yeah. March, March. You know, wow! How how fast can they move on this? Uh, you know, my my sense is that this is just a guess. I have no special inside knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, that people knew that changes were going to be necessary almost the moment it was released, if not sooner. Wow. And people have been quietly working on alternative plans in the background. That's my that's my. Completely uninformed guess. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be intrigued to hear if whoever is out there tonight, you know, hears we don't talk about Bruno. So, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know. We'll see. We'll see. Also, Jim, uh, happened last week, um, but we didn't talk about it because it uh, happened right after we uh, recorded the show. Mm-hmm. But between February 25th and August 7th, 2022, uh, there are some changes to the Genie Plus lineup. So Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Frozen Ever After, and Space Mountain are now included in Genie Plus and will not be included as an individual Lightning Lane selection. Jim, what do you make of this? That's an interesting pushback. You have to assume that that comes from upset people going to guest relations and complaining about, I bought Lightning Lane and stood in line and noticed I didn't need it. Yeah. We had uh, we had Becky Gendel on uh, last month, mm-hmm. and one of her the things she had done in her analysis of which Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lanes were the most valuable. Mm-hmm. Part of her analysis was that these are uh, in the bottom half yeah. of the least valuable. And and the other interesting thing about that was uh, Expedition Everest is isn't is in this group of less valuable individual Lightning Lanes. Mm-hmm. The, I think the only reason it wasn't included in this list and this switch to Genie Plus was because it's undergoing refurb right now and it's closed. No, that's it exactly. And I, and I expect this, you know, I, we expect other changes as Guardians of the Galaxy opens up and Tron eventually opens up. The other thing I think, too, Jim, is this is a way of Disney addressing the fact that a lot of Genie Plus selections were unavailable mm-hmm. in the second half of the day. So this is, this is as much a capacity thing as it is a non-willingness of people to pay for these individual lightning lights, right? It's a capacity game. Mm-hmm. Right, it, you're not wrong. Uh, by the way, uh, just a quick side note about Cosmic Rewind. I want to say it was Zach Ridley who was tweeting out images from inside of Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the Epcot storytelling coaster. The publicity push has begun. Yeah. Which, if we connect it with, you know, the corporate communications officer's accidental release of the... <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you... It, it's March, right? So people people earlier this year might have been planning their spring vac- vac- vacations. Mm-hmm. Now might be the time that people are planning their summer vacations. Makes sense. So this is good timing for Disney to do that. That makes sense. Right? I agree. I agree. All right, Jim. Well, let's get to the, uh, the main part of the show then. Mm-hmm. We welcome in again our special guest, Christina Harrison who is uh, my partner in the Galactic Star Cruiser. And let me open up by saying thank you to everyone who sent in backstories. Because of what we learned in the past week about how the Star Cruiser actually operates, we couldn't use any one story completely. Mm -hmm. But we did use parts of the stories that Troy, Kim, Brooke, and Kathleen sent in as part of our own backstory. So thank you guys for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate the effort. I did not, I clearly do not know as much about Star Wars mm-hmm. as you guys do. And that came in really, really handy. So I appreciate what you guys did to, to help prepare for this thing. All right. 
So Jim, let me give you some backstory on, on our backstory, Christina and our backstory. Right? Mm -hmm. So remember, remember that on the star cruiser, everything that happened in the star Wars films is canon. It, you know, quote really happened mm -hmm. as far as your hotel stay goes. You have to believe that in order for any of this to make sense. Right. Okay. So the events in star Wars really happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Chrissy, you with me on this? I can't verify that. Okay. Whole movie. <laughs> Fair. okay. Yep. I'll go with okay. it. Okay. So my backstory was that I was intergalactic film star, Hank Lonely, right? Which is a play on Han Solo, right? Okay. And that 40 years ago, Hank wrote, produced, directed, and starred in a nine part science fiction movie series called Space Robots in Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> and through an unfortunate series of coincidences, mm -hmm. the story of space robots in outer space exactly mimicked what happened in real life in the Star Wars universe. All of the events were exactly the same. All of the characters looked exactly the same. Only their names were different, right? <laughs> so when the space robots in outer space films came out, mm -hmm. everyone thought it was a documentary. No one goes to see documentaries. So nobody but Hank remembers the movies. This is all, Jim. I am like one tenth of the way through my backstory. By the way, <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, Hank was on the Halcyon mm. to prepare the script for the tenth film in the series, mm -hmm. which is going to be a Bollywood-style musical. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to prepare for this, I bought a Han Solo outfit: the cargo pants, the vest, the holster, everything. And because Hank is a movie star, mm -hmm. I printed out eight by ten glossy publicity photos of me in the classic Harrison Ford pose of Han Solo. And when I, when I signed these for fans, because mm -hmm. I signed them on the ship, mm -hmm. I used the tagline from the movie, may space always be in your mind. <laughs> I, 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 folks, I'm hearing this for the first time. This, first time. Please, please continue. Okay. Okay. So I also memorized short snippets of dialogue to use with the various characters that you and I knew mm -hmm. were going to be part of the Galactic Star Cruiser. For example, if someone said they'd never seen the films, mm -hmm. I would describe the plots. And so, for example, if they said you know something like, that sounds terrible, I'd say, oh, so you did see the prequels, <laughs> right? Oh. And I actually made up a very short but special song mm -hmm. and honest to God, a special dance mm -hmm. in case they were needed and they were needed. Right. And then we kept Christina's backstory mm -hmm. as simple as possible to start with. Mm -hmm. She's Hank's sister. Mm -hmm. And anytime Hank introduced himself, he also introduced Christina mm -hmm. by saying, and this is my sister, Christina. She's my biggest fan. And Christina, your reply was supposed to be. I have literally never seen any of your movies. Which is <laughs> That was all very on brand. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So we, um, Chrissy picks me up. We're going to the hotel. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about the arrival process here. The, uh, the interesting thing is the hotel is so new, Jim, mm -hmm. that it doesn't show up on GPS right now. You cannot use Waze or Google Maps to get to, get to the wow. start. So, so for now, if you're driving like in the next couple of weeks, use the road signs to get mm -hmm. there. They're clearly marked. Okay. Um, also, this place is is basically Alcatraz in terms of security. Like I'm, I am I am honestly surprised they didn't put a moat around it. Mm -hmm. You have to go through like two levels of security to get there. Mm -hmm. There is fencing everywhere. Your credentials are checked. You are not driving up to the Swan or Dolphin and parking. Right? This is completely different. Okay. Right? Also, check in happens as soon as you park. So it's all valet parking. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get out of the car, check in begins and the uh, check in starts and the story begins. So uh, immediately when we got there. Chrissy was handed a bag with Disney-owned iPhones 
preloaded with the Play Disney Parks app. Hmm. We could not use our own phones. All right, so, and I think, Jim, this is because the Play Disney Parks app actually isn't ready, and Damn. they're running running this on some sort of staging. And uh, I have a very good reason for believing that, which I am not going to describe on the show. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the important thing is, Chrissy, back me up here. The minute you arrive, you have to be in character. Yeah. Okay, so assume that Everyone that you talk to, the valet, the check-in people, everyone, assume that every interaction you have with every cast member is being monitored on video and they can hear what you're saying. So assume that everyone that's running the game Mm -hmm. can see and hear absolutely everything you say to any cast member, and they will incorporate that into the gameplay. So here's an example, right? One of the first cast members I met is named Jen, Mm -hmm. right? And she introduced herself. And I gave her my complete backstory, the entire Hank lonely thing that I just told you. Mm -hmm. And Jen decided right then and there that her backstory, whenever she saw me, Mm -hmm. was that she was Hank's biggest fan. So every time I saw Jen, she would point to herself and say, number one fan (laughs) for three days. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then there was another cast member when we got on board. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chrissy, you could describe the, uh, the hydrolator process, but as soon as we got on board, Another cast member noticed that I was everyone was dressed like me, like Han, like Han Solo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I gave him my backstory. So this cast member decided that there was actually a Hank Lonely fan convention on board, and they promised to make sure that nobody recognized me as Hank Lonely, so I could stay focused on the script for the tenth movie. <sighs> Jim, this isn't even the beginning of it. If you think that's crazy and that nobody at Disney has ever done anything for you like that, Mm -hmm. Jim, this is not. This is scratching the surface of what we're about to. But Christy, why don't you? uh, Why don't you uh, describe the arrival? You know know how when you think something's going to be hard, Mm -hmm. and then the first five minutes, you're like, "Oh no, this is way worse Mm -hmm. than what I thought it was going to be." That's that was me. Yeah, that was me. Because you, you were Len you were not up was, you were not up for the interaction. I decided uh, immediately. Len was immediately in his element. Like, like I, de- I decided I, I was going to go all in. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. This was the most Len Len had ever Len. <laughs> yeah, like in all of the fifty six years I have known him. <laughs> whatever, whatever, okay. whatever. This is. This, you. This was your time to shine. This is like the equivalent of me. At a White Snake concert, Don <laughs> Bon Jovi in my Gummy Bears T-shirt, <laughs> like that. This was the most you. Okay, and yeah. and the thing is, it was a room full of yous. It was like, a, people living their best lives. Like yes. everyone, we had friends. My friends Chris and Beth did their own costumes, and they 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 were wearing N95 masks, mm-hmm. but they had. Um, they were gorgeous. They had uh, molded plastic that to make it look like a Vader-like mask, and then had spray painted them to to get an antique effect on it, oh. like it was battle worn. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, the, the the costumes were were so far beyond what I expected. Mm-hmm. Even even knowing like the the love that people show for Star Wars, this was like a Star Wars convention. Yeah. But but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Chrissy, describe the process of getting onto the ship. So when we dropped the car, I had, I mean, I have a kid. So like my backseat is full of goldfish and chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you should really probably pre-tip if your car looks like mine. <laughs> and so I was talking to the crew member, like as a normal human, 
they were already in character, like wishing me good Merlin peen mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I just, okay. All right. I see how it's going to be. Let me get, I, you know, I, I tried, I tried, but. Yeah. You know. I mean, you, you, yeah. You, you, but you were there to, I mean, you took one for the team. You were there to really to document I, I the process. Document. Yeah, yeah. You were there to I do it. Right. And that's. Thousands of pictures, hundreds of video. And I got to see you happier than at any time other than maybe with Laurel and him. <laughs> All right. And that's. Okay. So the uh, so the arrival process it's uh, you're you're in a concrete bunker. There's no other way to say it. Mm-hmm. You go down this yeah. long hallway um, and then you enter the transport to from ground level to the Star Cruiser, which of course is orbiting in space. And um, if you've seen Jim the videos for Space Two Twenty, mm-hmm. or if you remember the hydrolators from the Living Seas, mm-hmm. same process. I, I guess excellent graphics, excellent effects the entire time. Whoever worked on the technology for the graphics and the video throughout the entire experience Mm -hmm. did an a plus 100% job could not be better. Very, very good. So you, you get on board the ship and check-in is at one o'clock. And and let me just say, we got there at 1230 Mm -hmm. and everyone was already there. (laughs) Like no one observed the one o'clock and you want to be there at one o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. From one o'clock to four o'clock is uh, your time to get settled in and explore the ship. Nothing formal is scheduled until four o'clock when they go over like data pad and bridge training and stuff like that. Okay. But some of the cast is circulating between one and four o'clock. And so this is the time to explain your character to them, right? The more you talk and the more you give them, the more they understand that you want to play an active part in anything instead of sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Right. And like I said, to get the most out of this, you absolutely have to invest in your character and you have to believe the Star Wars story. Like none of this makes sense. The hotel, the cost, the effort, none of it makes sense if you're not going to actively play. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think the first big event, Chrissy, that we did was bridge training, right? So this is a room with a massive three pa- three or four panel display of the outside of the spaceship. You are briefed on the four control stations. I think it's Chrissy, weapons, shields. What were the grabber things? It was all Space Invaders to me. I don't know. <laughs> right. It was space. really cool. It was very cool. All right. Space Invaders, uh, Space Space, uh, uh, Grabber thing, and then uh, Communications, right? And then they also are doing concurrently data pad orientation. A lot of the story mm-hmm. is driven by things that happen on your phone. So you interact with characters when they're not on stage. You interact with them through the phone. It has your itinerary. It has your side quests, right? So the, the, the side quests are the things that the characters send you on when you're not part of the main story. So it might be go find X, go do Y, go meet Z, right? All of this happens through the phone. And uh, so they give you a little bit of time to get oriented with it. And then you do the bridge training uh, and you keep coming back to the bridge for lots of things. So when you're there, pay attention when you do training because it's going to come up again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, uh, captain's reception where you know the drink is served. They welcome you with you know champagne or sparkling beverages or whatever. There's a bingo game, which is literally bingo, but set to space. Uh, there are sabak lessons, which is the card game tournament. And Chrissy, this happened in the lounge, right? What, yeah. did, what did you think of that bar? Oh, I loved it. What did you like about it? I liked the atmosphere. It was quiet. Mm-hmm. I liked the drinks. None of them were strong. So right. if you're, that's your thing. That's, 
it, they're really pretty and you get to keep a lot of the glasses. And the, the bar is also in story too. So there's a couple of signature drinks. One of them is, uh, Chrissy, what was the, what was the hot one? The Mustafarian lava thing? I think that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, so Jim, the conceit here is that it is a strong and spicy drink. In fact, it is so strong and so spicy that the bartender, when the bartender is making it, needs to remove the the secret ingredient or the main ingredient from a container vessel mm-hmm. using tongs. So it's basically <laughs> like you know it, you know at the beginning of the Simpsons where Homer Simpson is carrying a a, a, a tube that's glowing. There we go. It yeah. was it was that in a bar. Oh, <laughs> and they, they they set it down very gently in front of you, mm-hmm. and it's what it is is it's a like a like a chili spice. Mm-hmm. And you can add as much of it to this drink as you want, hence the name Mustafarian, you know, fire or whatever. And correspondingly, there is a um, uh, something about the size of a small garbage can that with um, clear windows that you can see through. Mm-hmm. And it is something that instantly chills mm-hmm. glasses for the cold version of another drink. And so we, you, you, they put a like a martini glass inside and instantly it is filled with freezing like i guess nitrogen smoke or you know some the liquid nitrogen smoke it freezes the glass they take it out and they pour the drink in it it's just a spectacular effect and again we know how this is done right we know how all of this is done mm-hmm. but just to to sit there and and realize that someone storyboarded out the process of making a drink mm-hmm. in the bar is the is the kind of crazy attention level to detail that you realize you're in like within the first couple hours you're on the ship killer the other thing is, is this is where the Sabak station is, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a very small bar. I mean, I, I, uh, Christy, I don't think the bar is the size of your living room. Yep, it's very tiny. It's very tiny. Mm-hmm. There are four seats for the sub for the uh, electronic Sabak um, game, which is a card game like let's say blackjack or poker. Mm-hmm. You play in groups of four. You can bet fake money on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that in the entire ship there are four seats to play this. Right. And, and, and there, every time we went in, there was always someone there, mm-hmm. right? Every seat was filled every time we went in. Okay. And then, uh, Chrissy, we went to, we did the dance lessons. By the way, again, I did genuinely enjoyed that when that video came, came out, it, it really, it lent you, your solid gold dancer, you know? <laughs> yes. It, uh, I did pick up Danny Terrio as a, uh, as a follower on Twitter from that. Yeah, so thank you, Danny. <laughs> there we go. Appreciate that. Christy, what was your uh, your take? Wait, on- I didn't know that. That's life changing. Why did you not tell me oh, that? It was a kit. I was, I was joking. <laughs> oh. Okay, because I was about to log off. <laughs> we'll see what's going on. I, I, I don't know if Danny Danny here is actually still alive. Mm. I think we should all look that up. No, he is. Don't say that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm crossing myself as I say it. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay, but you know what? Um, more importantly, I think you guys are going to start losing survey data from your subscribers because the droid in-room droid is just a really fancy survey jim i did the whole video for you so you could see um i know this is completely off track of what len was talking about but it just asks you survey questions and then you respond verbally and then it will route you to the next question like it does when you get it in your email. So I, I, I so the interesting thing about that is mm-hmm. the my understanding is the questions were designed to figure out which side you want to play, resistance oh. or first order. Because when I interacted with it, when I touched no, my magic band. Okay, when no, I okay, here's, here's, here's so, so, the, so we haven't we haven't talked about this. This is interesting then. You got survey questions. I got nothing but in story questions mm-hmm. from it, like would, for example, um, 
you know, did you, one of the questions was like, did you see the first order on the ship? How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And it's an open-ended question where I guess they're listening for keywords. And based on what you say, like I get, they might be looking for the words like, I, I think this is terrible or I think this is great. Mm-hmm. And then when they recognize the keywords, it branches to another part of the story decision tree and goes from there. I never got a question about like, is your bed comfortable or things like that. Every question. No, I didn't, we didn't get that, but I got like, did you like the captain's welcome reception? Oh, yeah. Um, what, what did you like about it? You can say things like blah, blah, blah. It was a survey. Oh, so I, I didn't get any of that. I, I, and I played every night before I went to bed. Fascinating. Okay, they did, maybe. If you think about it, that's an AI that's feeding yeah. off of how you behaved on the ship, your previous questions. I mean, the fact that, Chrissy, you've described you were documenting, you were hanging back. And the AI took that into consideration. You know, the fact that those sorts yeah. of questions are still, we're still trying to get a handle on who you are and what you're doing. Did yeah. you like the reception? Did you like the captain? How do you feel about this? Let's let's talk a little bit about, about the room itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Chrissy, you measured the room and it looks like it's somewhere between 170 and like 220 square feet, depending on if you include the bathroom and the shower, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you actually measured the rectangular box itself in which everything is in the room, the bed, the bathroom, everything. And you said what? That was about uh, just under 250 square feet? Mm-hmm. I think that's what we said. It's tiny, but I mean, you're not there much. It's, it's true. It, um, I will say in, in day one, which began at 1 p.m., mm-hmm. we did not go back to the room to relax until 11 p.m. So it was 10 straight hours of gameplay mm-hmm. only interrupted by dinner. Okay. And throughout that first day, you're interacting. Like once the, rece- once the 1 to 4 p.m. orientation thing is done, the characters will start interacting with you. So I got pulled aside almost immediately to help one of the cast, a, a singer named Gaia, mm-hmm. I had to get her luggage from one part of the ship to the other. And of course, it's just, it's not that simple mm-hmm. because one of the pieces of luggage is missing mm-hmm. and now it's a mystery mm-hmm. as to why it's missing. So you're sent to different parts of the ship to try and uncover the mystery. So, I mean, in general, the gameplay is exactly like that for two days mm-hmm. and it's constant. You go from one area of the ship to another, you are given clues you have to figure out mysteries and you're acquiring data. Like, you know, you might go get sent to the engineering room to pick up some schematics. Or if you're on the resistance, you might go there to erase the data logs of certain activity that took place that the first order might not want to see or might be interested in, right? So I still don't know what's in the luggage. And I don't know what any. I, of that I think was. it's a MacGuffin. I don't think it's oh, really sure, anything. Sure, sure, it's sure. like it's like the uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't it doesn't matter what's in the briefcase as long as the briefcase is important, mm-hmm. right? I'm wondering if we were uh, on the same place because I did not have any of these experiences. Right. I liked so, playing in the engineering room, but I didn't understand why. But it was still really fun. And again, this is the difference. I had engaged and in, in indicated a willingness to be in story, and you had not. Mm-hmm. So that's why we got tutoring experiences. So the um, the first character that I interacted with is a, a character named, Christy, correct me if I'm wrong here, Wraith Korn, who is Gaia's manager. And we don't know his loyalty mm-hmm. 
throughout this. I mean, obviously, Jim, anyone in show business has mixed mixed loyalties, right? There we go. That's yeah. how I get my ten percent. Please keep talking. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. What, what am I willing to do for a very large payday? There we go. So, uh, so Wraith comes up to me and he does this. So I met Wraith. Another uh, crew member is um, this crew member named Sammy, hmm. and he's sort of like. He's the he's the semi comedic element. Mm. He's brand new to the ship. We don't know where his loyalties lie, um, and I'm, I'm I don't think we should give spoilers here. Sammy Sammy is uh, he's one of the central characters, but you never know, and literally until the last minute, where his loyalties lay. And the actor that did it, the cast member that did that, just incredible. He's he starts off as like young and naive and not knowing anything about anything about the resistance or the first order. And you see his character progress hour by hour and day by day through the thing. It was just masterful. We also met the, um, the captain. Mm -hmm. We met Gaia, the singer. We met the cruise director. The cruise director is Linka mock and super talented. Her job obviously is to keep the passengers entertained, entertained, but she is a loyal associate of captain Kivan um, and so, you know, they're, they're there basically to, to fight the first order. Mm. We also, um, pretty quickly get introduced to the first order who is Lieutenant Croy. And he looks like one of the classic, uh, you know, lieutenants mm. in, uh, any of the star Wars franchises. So all black with the black hat played like a, a, a European bond villain and just <laughs> in character the entire time. Yeah. Okay, cool. He he's the straight guy through which every comedy line mm. is is bounced off of, mm. right? So we we did that, you know, constant gameplay, you know, going through the ship. And the interesting thing is like the games aren't simple. Mm-hmm. Like the challenges that you're supposed to do. I'm not saying it's like a uh like an escape room that's going to take you 3 hours to do one thing, mm-hmm. but some of the uh the side quests took a good hour. And the the other good thing is the cast members know when you're not advancing, like when you're getting frustrated or when you're stuck and they will give you hints. And I'm, I, I'm not going to say what the hints are, mm-hmm. but they'll tell you like, Hey, have you checked X mm-hmm. or have you asked Y about Z? And they'll give you hints to progress the story, which is really good. Okay. All right, Chrissy, we went to dinner. Um, this was the first night we were not at the captain's table. The first night mm-hmm. we had standard dinner. Chrissy, what did you think of dinner the first night? I loved it. I thought it was great. What, um, um, what do they serve? Do you remember? Uh, steak. Um, the thing, I, nobody, nobody's looking to me for a real review of this because I'm not qualified. What I am qualified to do is to give notes on an outsider's point of view. And there were a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several of us who were like, I'm here because my husband, in my case, my brother, mm-hmm. you know, my son is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And from that point of view, I can, I think I can speak intelligently and say that the meals were more inclusive than every other part. In other words, I didn't feel left out at all or, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, even the entertainment and stuff, I can appreciate a a wonderful voice and a good show and all of that was included. And then of course, Chewie runs by. (laughs) Ran by us, and that was great. Let me see if we can, if I can jog your memory. Then with the food that we had for dinner, we started off with the bao buns on night one, and remember that was delicious. Yeah. uh, So Jim, all the food is in galactic rainbow colors, Mm -hmm. right? So there's purples, there's oranges, there's blues, there's red. I mean, deep saturated red colors, the colors that you don't see in normal life. All of the food was 
was very good. It's not, you know, Jico or Victorian Alberts, mm-hmm. but, um, and I say this as someone who loves Boma, mm-hmm. it was Boma quality. Boma is one of the highest rated restaurants in Walt Disney World. I would put up what we ate uh, against Boma uh, any given day. So the, um, the, we got these three bao buns. We got some um, Asian slaw. Okay. The bao buns were beef, I believe chicken and veggie. And the veggie was by far the tastiest. They also came with four different dipping sauces that ranged in flavor profiles from creamy to jalapeno spicy. So you could have, as Chrissy says, accoutrement mm-hmm. with each of the, uh, the bao buns. And from there, we the second course was a bread service, a dipping bread service, which was again, delicious. Then the third course was a combination. So it's four small plates. One was steak and mashed potatoes, which Jim, mm-hmm. I wish my mother was with me only so I could slap her to get more of this. <laughs> okay. Delicious steak and the mashed potatoes were, I mean, remember we've been running around for like five or six hours. I was exhausted. I just needed, yes, I needed a water, a Coke, and maybe a drink mm-hmm. and some comfort food, right? For the rest of the thing. Cause I was, again, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert and, and being, you know, quote on for, for five hours is just exhausting to me. Mm-hmm. So the, but the food was, was great. The, uh, the other entree that I liked, they had a, like a, a sesame or an orange sesame chicken. Um, fried like Chinese food okay. um, that was delicious. Oh, there was, there was a shrimp thing, and and we thought this. We both thought the shrimp thing was just okay, mm-hmm. but there was plenty of food. You could get whatever you wanted, and as much as you wanted. Like if you wanted four steaks instead of one, mm-hmm. they would bring you four steaks. Like that's you're you are not going to go hungry on the Star Cruiser. I thought I thought the food in general was better than I expected, and that, and and I went in knowing mm-hmm. that. Everyone that had play tested it told me the food was the highlight. Was one of the highlights. Just uh, to, to step back to the shrimp for a moment. Is this the bright blue shrimp? No, that's no. Next night, this is standard shrimp. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. okay. Cool. So the next night, we're at the captain's table and we do that. Okay. Um, so during dinner, Gaia, the singer, comes out and does four or five numbers. And let me just say, I mean, I've seen I've seen dinner theater before, and I've seen live performances before. Mm-hmm. This was. It's not going to win Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way, but. It is very, very solid for this particular environment. There is, Gaia's performance is excellent. I don't know who they got for the singer. Mm -hmm. She can hold a tune. Not only that, but she can hold your attention. Like she's very good at acting out the part. And that was really, really impressive to me. Like this is not some lounge singer that you're getting, you know, at the Holiday Inn in Topeka that they just threw (laughs) threw some headdress on. This good 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 singer so um uh so that was i think day one christy did i miss anything big from day one no except i would definitely nominate her for tony because i she was the highlight of the day other than bridge yeah she uh, excellent excellent singing so day two um is our our morning in batu and so you jim you've seen the pictures of the moving van that disney yeah um, yeah i mean i just i i get you know it's always Fascinating to me that the box truck, box truck, because it's like you're inside of a themed environment being taken from one themed environment yeah, to another. Yeah, there, themed there are no windows in the hotel. Why do we care whether there are windows in the truck? Yeah, right? I just, yeah. Okay. So. My first impression was mm-hmm. this is like the um, MCO airport monorail without windows. And I and I say that as someone who likes yeah. the airport monorail. Like, there's nothing wrong with the airport monorail, right? If we had had, you know, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy D- Dwyer. <laughs> If 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 I'd heard that announcement, I would have been you know I would have totally totally believed that. It's so funny. Just this week on Twitter, somebody posted 
their a video that they had done on that that same and they oh god really <laughs> i'm well, not the only one with that idea well no but, right. but the interesting <laughs> thing is they described it as the happiest slash saddest monorail ride on the planet because you know <laughs> you're happy when you're going to the and you're sad when you're going to your plane home yeah yeah it's true the one thing that surprised me like i, I thought the themed environment inside the truck was absolutely fine. In the process of boarding it, mm-hmm. um, you never see the, the quote, truck part itself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's a check-in and check-out when you're going to Batu. They, um, you have to scan your magic bands, just like getting off a regular ship, right? Like going on a port adventure, mm-hmm. you check in and check out using your magic band. But they also give you these small metal enameled pins mm-hmm. to wear in Batu with the symbol of the Galactic Star Cruiser logo on it so that people on planet know what you're doing. So you're not just like some crazy person running around, uh, you know, in character or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get to Batu, and uh, immediately um, you have side quests to do. They also give you two individual lightning lanes, one to ride Rise of the Resistance and one to ride Millennium Falcon. And it, this is a key element. You have to do every single thing in Batu. Mm-hmm. You're, you have to do all of the side quests that you get because if you do them all, you it opens up other story elements later on in the day too. Hmm. Okay. For anybody that's listening, do absolutely everything. For me, it took about three and a half hours to do both rides again with lightning lane access mm-hmm. to do all of the side quests and then to eat lunch. And by the way, Jim, the interesting thing they do with lunch, um, and this is just a general trip planning thing. They give you a, a galactic credit mm-hmm. to use, so you don't have to pay cash or use your credit card when you're eating. And it works anywhere in the park. And in fact, Chrissy, you used yours in Epcot because you went to Flower and Garden, right? Uh, no, I, I pulled it up. Oh. It doesn't let you use it in Epcot. Oh, I take that back then. Okay. So um, yeah. I, I could use it anywhere in the studios. Hmm. Um, it showed. Okay. Yeah. And Jim, the interesting thing is mm-hmm. the way that it refers to it as is as a dining plan credit. Hmm. Which tells me that the return of the Disney dining plan is already programmed into MDE. There you go. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. So I, I do all of the side quests. I did take a, a short break for lunch and I, I bought two large sodas mm-hmm. and drank that at ABC Commissary. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I had an idea to add an additional story element mm-hmm. that I hadn't thought of for my backstory. And my, so, you know, Jim, when you're on the Rise of the Resistance, you are... You become part of the resistance mm-hmm. um, and you are taken on transport, which is hijacked by the first order. Things happen and you end, eventually end up crash landing in Batu. Mm-hmm. So I added this to my story element that um, based on what the first order had done the night before to the crew mm-hmm. of the Halcyon, I decided I was going to be with the resistance. So I in Batu, mm-hmm. I decided to join the resistance. Everything in uh, Rise of the Resistance happens. Mm-hmm. And we end up crashing back on Black Spire. Well, in my disorientation Mm -hmm. from the crash, I ended up wandering the outskirts of Batu, beyond the border and into the the remote villages. Oh, no. You see where this is going, don't you, right now? Oh, (laughs) no. And there, Jim, the path that I took, I ended up wandering around the outskirts of Black Spire Outpost. Mm -hmm. And I come to this little village that apparently is run by a chieftain who looks like a large rodent and rules this kingdom with his partner. Okay, so so this is the interesting thing, mm. right? I'm in the line for 
uh, Mickey and Minnie starring in red carpet dreams, mm-hmm. right? That's the that's the attraction I decided to visit. Yep. There's a cast member there named Lauren, mm-hmm. L-O-R-A-N, mm-hmm. who sees my pin mm-hmm. and decides she's going to be in character as well. Oh. So the backstory we came up with was mm-hmm. these are the village chieftains, the tribal elders, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, mm-hmm. and that they are wearing their ceremonial regalia, mm-hmm. the headdress, the fancy clothes and everything, greeting the villagers on the anniversary of their um, their ascending to power. <laughs> and so I know, right? And so Lauren and I are going back and forth in this. And by the way, there's a f- there are families around me who are mm-hmm. like, I don't know what these people are on. Like, I, like, they're yeah. looking, like they, nobody has any idea what's going on, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they decide that, um, so we just, Lauren and I decide that the Mickey and Minnie are the village chieftains that they're wearing their ceremonial regalia mm-hmm. and they're greeting the villagers on this and on the anniversary of their, their ruling. And so Lord and I were going back and forth on whether Mickey and Minnie had ruled for 50 years in this village or 90 years <sighs> because Mickey Walt Disney world has been only open for 50 years, but Mickey and Minnie have been around for 90. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that so we, there was a debate on, on that. And then what we both decided was that, Batu is so far out in the spiral arm of the galaxy mm-hmm. that time must be different depending on where you are. So I, I, I take my pictures, I get my, you know, you know I do my, uh, my, my pictures and I bring them back mm-hmm. to the ship mm-hmm. and I tell everyone of my adventure mm-hmm. in the lands beyond Batu. And I, so I'm walking up to like the, the actual cast members who are playing. I'm like, I found the strangest village. Outside of Black Spire, look at—they're apparently run by a race of large rodents, and everyone riffed off that, Jim. <laughs> Every single person riffed off that. It was oh, like just—and no, I mean, let's put it this way: I, I can imagine no one saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. That was all improv, mm-hmm. but it became part of like my backstory, and they incorporated it into the story for for a couple hours too. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Okay, I I love that this is this fluid that it's like okay that's not even gonna rock us for a moment it's like absolutely no, did, you know. didn't even yeah. blink yep. on it okay so we do all the side quests we come back and then Chrissy you would come you would come you'd returned back to the hotel in time to do lightsaber training with Saja mm-hmm. yes and Chrissy what did you think of the do you want to describe what the lightsaber training was. Well, I didn't, you have to describe it because I just videoed um, and did pictures. It was pretty uh, awesome to see, but okay. that, that's all you. All right. So we're in groups of, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it has capacity for 20 or 24. Uh, we were a much smaller group. I think we were no more than 15. I'll count. I'll count yeah. while you're telling okay. about it. Um, and so you're, you're organized in, uh, imagine um, four rows with like six columns each. And you're facing a large wall from which are projected simulated laser fire. And Saja, the first thing Saja does, and again, she's completely in character. Saja is one of the main characters. She's the weapons master, you know, for the Star Cruiser. She is there to teach you about not only how to use a lightsaber, but how to prepare yourself to recognize the force and to get like your spiritual side ready. Mm-hmm. for for this and and she sells it let me tell you like i was going in like like i know this is a plastic lightsaber and this is gonna you know like to any outside observer this is gonna look stupid right if you're in the story though mm-hmm. the cast member uh, who plays saja does a fantastic job and like, i'm not gonna lie jim i cried 
during it, right? Like, no lie. I thought it was great. So, so the first part of training is they give you a hint where the laser blast is going to go. So you can position your laser, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we know how this works, right? If you're familiar with how video games like Duck Hunt work, Mm -hmm. where there's a light sensor Mm -hmm. um, in your controller that that recognizes when light is emitted from your TV, like that's how games like Duck Hunt and things like that work, right? Mm -hmm. You're not shooting to the TV. The TV is actually shooting back at you. And the thing that you're holding has a light sensor that determines whether you've scored a hit, right? That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the lightsaber, okay. And, but even knowing that how it works, Jim, right? Even knowing how it works, they still pulled it off impressively. And by the way, there's a story moment there where Yoda comes in mm-hmm. and explains the force to you, which is, I, I didn't know Yoda was there. Mm-hmm. So the first time I heard Yoda, mm-hmm. I was like. No. Well, yeah, that's the audio, but you're not, you're not talking about. No, 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, we hear Yoda. So now we know that Yoda is part of the story, Jim. Right. Okay. So I do the lightsaber training and again, Disney knows where you are all the time and it knows what you've done. Right. So after the lightsaber training, Saja comes up to me and says, look, I know you are on Batu, and I know that as one of your side quests, you stole the holocron and got it on board. One of the Thai transport ships, which we have now recovered and brought on board. I have a very special meeting for you that you need to go to in, an, in one of the rooms in the ship where you're going to help the resistance. Hmm. So we get there and it's Ray in person. First time we've seen her Ooh. in the entire show. Okay. And it's, it's what, like 10 of us, Chris. I mean, it is mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the droids is there, ST, that one of the droids. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the droid had previously been captured by the first order. Mm-hmm. Ray had provided so Ray talks about, you know, the importance of the force and how, you know, basically, you know, gives us the, the spiel about what the force is and, and asks us to all feel it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to watch. Only these 10 people got this experience? It was very tiny group. And the only reason I got it, yeah. Jim, was because Len did all the stuff. Like, I, I didn't get the same messages mm-hmm. as him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, and everybody, there were people at our table, at the captain's uh-huh. table, that did not get this experience because they didn't follow the same path. Like, they didn't do all the stuff, so they didn't get all the good stuff. Jeez. It's not the same experience for everyone. Wow. So, Ray gives us the story of the Force mm-hmm. and how it's part of all of our lives and that we're supposed to use it for good. And not evil. And she asks us if we're all going to help her. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're in that room, how do you say I no? I have the whole video. If you can't get through this. How do you, how do you say no to Ray? Okay. Mm-hmm. But Jim, okay. here's what happens. Mm-hmm. Saja and Ray open the holocron. Mm-hmm. And it is a 3D projection of Yoda. That is the most incredible video technology I have ever seen. There's no... St- there's no scrim. There's no screen. It is just a projection of light with Yoda. And it blew my mind. Like the first 30 seconds that Yoda was talking, I, I, I don't remember mm-hmm. because I was looking at that. And of course, you know, my, my, how my brain works, right? I was like, how the hell are they doing this? Like, I don't understand anything of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So, of course, you're coming out of that. You're like... Okay, I would die for this cast member right now. Like if it, if it comes down to it, like, <laughs> me too. 
and yeah. I'm like, not sure who she yeah. is. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do whatever let's, you like, say. We're, like, we're going to leave this room and kick some first order ass, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Tell of, me what to do with the but things. Of, but, of course, but of course, Ray says, like, you know, don't do this now, right? So she gives his instructions mm-hmm. and says, later on tonight, I'll make my move. Mm-hmm. I need you to support me, right? So, okay. So then we go to dinner. Mm-hmm. Dinner is fabulous. We're at the captain's table. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Jim where they do the blue shrimp. It, it was, what was it, Chrissy, seven courses? Yeah. All right. But you have to talk about the fact that everybody that's at the captain's table, even though it's only a few dollars more. It's 30. Okay. So it's, 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 it's $5,000 to get in the door. Mm-hmm. It's $30 more <laughs> for the captain's Guys. table. And this is this is the thing that that the nickel and diamond just killed me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so who is going to spend the five thousand dollars? And some of these suites are twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Who's going to spend five thousand dollars, but not five thousand and thirty dollars? Like, it just it should have been a lottery or a raffle or something. Mm. The captain's table was way better than in the booth and the night before and all that it, stuff. It was, was really absolutely great. great. Service service better. is excellent mm-hmm. on it. Uh, oh on man. It. Um, when everybody was buying rounds, that yeah. really nice people next to you bought the Skywalker yeah. champagne, and you bought champagne for and the table. Yeah, it was, and yeah, and we were all drinking and like and telling stories and stuff, and it was it was fantastic. But the interesting thing, Jim, is that um, the captain's table is part of the act. Mm-hmm. So Lieutenant Croy yeah. comes over mm-hmm. and sits in the captain's seat, and Ooh. and gets up and says, you know, I'm going to propose a toast to the first order. Mm-hmm. You know, to to discipline to strength, you know, to crushing your enemies, yada, yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, and there's, there's people who are on board who are obviously, you know, first order sympathizers. That's the role they're playing. Mm-hmm. But then the captain comes over and this is where up to this point, the captain had tried to remain fairly neutral, mm-hmm. right? You could, there were hints that the captain was to, to you know, not to, to use a pun or anything. Mm-hmm. The captain was not on board with the first order, mm-hmm. right? You could tell. Yep. But this is where, this is the moment, the dinner of, of night two mm-hmm. is where everyone shows their cards. Mm-hmm. And everything plays out after that. So immediately after dinner, we, I mean, Christy, it was within five minutes. Mm-hmm. The ship alarm sounds. Mm-hmm. And we are all summoned to the atrium for the climactic battle. Well, okay. When they start telling you, like they're they'll all gonna they're gonna bring you your check for all of your alcohol at the same time. And that's that's the only thing that you're paying for separately. All of your food is already part of your voyage, like your snacks out in the atrium, all that stuff. Like they're constantly feeding you're constantly eating. Yeah. You pay for none if, of the if you if you leave this and you are hungry, mm-hmm. go to your doctor and, and ask about tapeworms. Like there's yeah, yeah. You, there's never a bill presented to you for any food item. Okay. Yeah. It's just uh, drinks, uh, drink, yeah, alcohol, just alcohol, yeah. But uh, all the regular food, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. But when they come out and they say it was a pleasure to serve, like whatever they say, it was a pleasure. Mm-hmm. To it, it, it was my honor to serve you. Mm-hmm. There you go. When they say that, mm-hmm. you have to get up right now, and you got to go. And we'll talk about this when we get to like my observations. But mm-hmm. yeah, like that's something to keep in mind. All right, so I'm not going to spoil the climactic battle. Mm-hmm. You guys have seen the videos. I will say that. Um, I think we've all seen video of Ray mm-hmm. firing up the lightsaber that Josh Damaro had. Mm-hmm. It is every bit as cool in person as it looks on the video. But also, I don't know if the video shows it, Kylo Ren's 
Kylo Ren. Okay, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren is part of the story. It's not a spoiler. If people are spending their child's college fund, they've seen all the videos. Yeah. <laughs> There's no spoiler. Yeah. There's no spoiler. So, uh, uh, but the effect, he has, um, remember his his lightsaber is red and it oscillates in the movies. Mm-hmm. It oscillates in real life too. The technology behind all of this um, is amazing. So there's a climactic battle. Mm-hmm. The resistance wins, mm-hmm. right? And we all celebrate. And then there's a fireworks show on the bridge, which is uh, pretty good. And that, that's the, the, those are the basic beats of the story. Again, you, you absolutely have to play everything. Anytime anyone asks you to do anything, anytime you have the option of doing something, do it. Mm-hmm. Because had I not done all of the quests on Batu. I would have not learned about the holocron and I would not have get invited to that very private super special meeting with Ray and with Yoda. So you, because the people that I talked to, everyone who did the holocron thing on Batu mm-hmm. got the invite and no one else did. Oof. Okay. So absolutely do it. All right. So before Chrissy does her thing, I want to say this, like, look, it's $5,000, mm-hmm. right? Which is a lot of money. The hotel is, is, is as a setting is excellent. I thought, the mattresses were a little firm. I had, um, I think the water pressure was a little bit low. And in particular, like the showers, the controls I thought were unintuitive. Like normally when you've got like a two lever system in a shower gym, mm-hmm. one lever controls the temperature and the other one controls whether the water comes out of the rainforest shower head or the handheld unit or whether the water's off, mm-hmm. right? And the advantage of that is that once you set the temperature to something you like, you never have to move that lever again, mm-hmm. right? In in the hotel, they're actually the opposite. The lever that controls the temperature actually controls whether it's on or off too, which means you constantly have to figure out where you're, where you're getting your temperature at. I would have liked to see this reversed. I also think for $5,000 for two nights mm-hmm. to start, and this is my pet peeve, you should be able to ask for a specific kind of mattress. But I was actually talking with a cast member who has some influence over hotel operations in Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. So Jim, I was I was you know speaking to to somebody who works in the the hotels area of Disney World, and you know, and I think that was that was fair feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would like to see something where they have um, the ability to select your mattress firmness. Like I like a softer mattress with a pillow top. I like less fluffy pillows. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, for five thousand dollars, you should be able to request the kind of mattress and the kind of pillow you want. I think that's a reasonable request okay. at that price point. Other than that, like I have absolutely no qualms about the hotel room. Yes, it's small. Um, uh, I don't mind the windows, uh, not lack of windows, I, none of that. I thought it was all absolutely fine. We did talk to a number of um, groups who were for adults mm-hmm. in a standard room and all of them said like, okay, we can do this for two nights, but I would not want to do a third of this, mm-hmm. right? So, so watch out for that. Okay. All right. The, the technology is interesting, but where you're spending the $5,000 is the cast members. Okay. Like, it, it basically what they've, they've trained the cast members to do is to personalize your, your specific Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Like, there's obviously story beats that they have to hit in the two-day experience. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the cast members will play along with any reasonable story you come up with. And they will incorporate that in, again, using a ton of technology behind the scenes. But they will incorporate that and remember it. And the story is consistent. The story that you make up for your own Star Wars journey will be consistent from the moment you get on board to the moment you leave. And that is the true genius of the Galactic Star Cruiser. It is so far beyond 
anything I've seen in themed entertainment. I, and my reference for this gym was Diagonale, yeah. which yeah. which was was great. Yeah. This is a hyperspace leap beyond that. It is so far beyond what anyone thinks is possible that it's it's I'm not I'm not doing it justice. We've talked for an hour. I have not explained everything great about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop here, Chrissy. It's your turn. I just I had a few points. Um, to make um, so a couple things the like from a practical standpoint when they kinks that they have to work out when they mm. have remember when we had the toast the captain's toast yes it was charming and the captain is mm, other than maybe Ray was my favorite character the captain's great yes very strong female lead loved it yeah she's wonderful um, there were a ton of spills um, five or six that I counted. So people, you get your lemonade, it's like spicy lemonade. Um, I'm probably not saying that right, but there are a ton of people in the atrium, a ton of people, and there are spills everywhere. So Chrissy, did you notice, by the way, what caused some of the spills? Uh, it was, it was uh, guess. Yeah, like, it was guess, but but here's why, and because this almost happened to me. Jim, there's so much going on mm-hmm. all around you that you actually trip over the furniture. Like you're not, yeah, you're, you're not, table. you're not watching where you're going. Like there's the bridge mm-hmm. is so massive and there's so much stuff happening on the second level that if you are not explicitly watching mm-hmm. the, the white parts of the furniture mm-hmm. will blend in with the white parts of the floor mm-hmm. and you miss what you're doing. Okay. And you will, you'll run Like I almost tripped like 17 times okay. while I was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's it. It's, but again, it's because you're so immersed in the story. You're not watching what you're doing mm-hmm. and you spill your drink. Go ahead, Chrissy. Well, they're okay, but you bring up a good point. Everybody is looking up and turning around mm-hmm. and constantly spinning. And because of that, there were a few guests who were in the ECVs, yes. who were in scooters. Yeah. And I witnessed several times where they would say, you know, could you do you mind moving a little bit? They did not have a great view in general for all of those spontaneous moments. Mm. And from a like a, just a practical, I mean, overall, I would say my overall view of this is like if I could give you this as a gift, if I had a better paying job, <laughs> I would I would definitely give you this gift once a year because to see you so happy is like amazing. But uh, from a practical standpoint, it, they they need to work that kink out. They haven't figured that out yet. Okay, fair. That fair, yeah. Yeah, they will. We were we were the first non-media group. No, it was they, they, literally the first cruise. You, They'll figure you, it out. You've nailed it, Chrissy. I mean, that's the hardware. Anybody who works in themed entertainment will tell you that, you know, you, you design it and then you open it and then the public tells you how they like to use the space and then you have to go yeah. in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And go and yeah. make the, the necessary operational adjustments. So, you know. Yeah, you know. and that that's probably a better way to to say it, Jim, it's an operational, the theme and the story and the crew members are, are just unbelievable. Unbelievable. The other thing is um, to concentrate on or uh, they have to work out the kinks on is very quickly, the 10 or 15 super fans, like they make Len look like me. Mm -hmm. Like that's how intense they are. Will very quickly be you know that one kid in class that was constantly raising their hand and constantly getting attention because they're so freaking annoying there are 10 of those or 15 of those on our cruise and as soon as a character makes an appearance they are all in their face you see the monk robes flying by you a fuzzy microphone and a camera and they are 
you know, the equivalent of like, ooh, ooh, Mr. Carter, pick on me, you know. It's the nerd equivalent of that. And I say that with love. But it's the two times that I decided I was excited, like when we came back from seeing the Yoda, like I was hype enough to get involved. They will very quickly crush the emerging spirit from your body. Yeah, they'll and they'll they'll crowd out the people who are work. who are maybe less assertive in less assertive, like less psycho and no offense, <laughs> maybe a little offense, but like, it's hard to, if you're in the middle, if you are not that intense level and Disney will figure this out because I can confirm that this is something that they were trying to observe that they were taking notes on because mm. I did speak remember about it when I was, you know, uh, last night afterwards, mm. that that was my feedback overall. It was amazing, but like you have to give other people an opportunity to work themselves in and, and they'll fig- they're figured out. It's not going to be long. Yeah. The one thing I will say yeah. is the little people, the kids, like the oh. ones that are able to walk around without their parents, um, you know, not maybe like the pre-tweens mm. and, and maybe even a little bit younger mm. had a better time than Len. And that, Oh yeah. Saying. The kids are, the kids are uh, uh, an object of focus. Yeah. Uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they will, they should be. Absolutely, Jim. Like, because if your kid's happy, you're totally coming back. If your ten year old is happy, you have eight more years of paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Timmy doesn't need to go to college. This is what we're going to do. Like, they were happier than Len. Yeah, um, they are exceptional stars. Like Disney, as a rule, in my experience, is wonderful at making accommodations for everything. Yeah. Um, this was beyond that with food allergies yeah sensitivity like not it's not even an allergy but like i don't want any onions on anything yeah that's actually a great story one of the one of the friends that we met said uh, you know i don't like onions and you know like on jim on cruise ships all of the food is basically prepared ahead of time so Mm -hmm. and modifications aren't aren't possible like i've been on disney cruise line and asked things like okay for this tomato basil soup Mm -hmm. can i get it without basil no like absolutely not Mm -hmm. it's in a you know a 70 gallon vat We yeah. can't pull the basil out. Here, mm-hmm. you know, one of our friends that we had met said, you know, I have an intolerance for onions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and so they prepared everything without onions. They reworked the whole thing. Yeah, reworked the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, again, for $5,000, I kind of expect that. But it's just nice to know that they actually did it. Right? It was confirmed. Yeah. yeah. They'll, but there, there are all these little, you know, asterisks on the, on the menu. They'll say, you know, if you don't want this, yeah. you can have this. or And the wonderful crew members will ask you, are you okay with everything on the menu? Do you, you know, do you have any allergies? Of course, all Disney cast members ask you that. Do you have any allergies? Is yeah. there, you know, and if you have any Yeah. And if you do, you can, you can visit the crown of Corellia, the dining room between one and four o'clock on check-in day and they will, they will absolutely work with you and everything. So that's, if you have, if you have an intolerance, if you have an allergy, that's the time to go and do that. And by the way, the, the cap, the crown of Corellia dining room is open as soon as you get on board. So just like a regular cruise ship where the buffet is open the minute you step foot on the ship. Constantly eating. Yeah. You could, you can eat 24 hours a day. I, in fact, I found the bed. I I tried to sleep one night, Jim, in the bunk bed Mm -hmm. and it was so uncomfortable. I got up at three o'clock in the morning and walked around. And there was food available in the lobby at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Obviously, people on cruise ships love to eat. It's worth noting here also that people on cruise ships like to shop. And can you talk about the issue with the gift, the main gift shop on the the, the boat, especially on day three? So the uh, the gift shop is is relatively small. And obviously, first cruise, mm-hmm. first day. 
everyone was excited to buy merch. And some of the merch that they have is, in fact, all of the merch, I believe, is exclusive mm-hmm. to the Halcyon. So you're not going to get this mm-hmm. in Animal Kingdom, right? Okay. Long lines um, for the stuff. I thought it was high quality for what it was. And I hate to use this phrase, but I thought it was reasonable prices for Disney. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought I waited like, what, 10 or 15 minutes? 22 minutes. Thank you, thank you for telling me that, Chrissy. <laughs> you know, to check out. Um, but here's the interesting thing. Um, the, the most desirable gift item I think that everybody talked about mm. was the sleeping bags that come in the bunks. Just steal it. They will charge Len, or in my case, they will charge you. Just take it. They're coming. <laughs> we, 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 did not, we did not steal it. So we, we, we tried to buy them, <laughs> and then we were told – like again, out of game, mm-hmm. that Disney knew that people would want these, but they're somewhere on a ship off the coast of the United States oh, <laughs> trying well, to get into the port. There we go. Hey, Jim, mm-hmm. Jim, is the, the person that was, I can't, I can't reveal who was explaining this to me, mm-hmm. but if you've, if you've ever heard someone talk and sensed that they were physically bleeding money <laughs> as they oh. were talking, that is literally the subtext that I got. Oh. Like this person was calculating in their head every second of lost revenue that they were. I getting. had fistfuls of cash that I wanted to throw at mm-hmm. them. Yeah, for this wonderful, silky, breathable, gorgeous sleeping bags, and we know what a Star Wars fan. They're I am. white with gold. Please with, take my money. Yeah. How do I get one? Yeah, couldn't couldn't and buy one. And then Chrissy was like, "Well, I'm just going to steal one, and they'll bill Len's credit card for it." <laughs> but then she, but then she didn't. And you know, I mean, apparently there's a limited supply of them. I'm sure they have some in the back, mm-hmm. right? But I don't want to mess up somebody else's trip. That's but the thing; you don't want to mess up the next oh, person's okay. trip, right? But if they, this if they might be the thing I go on eBay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta have one of those sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I made a contact, and we might be able to get one eventually. Okay. Um, but yeah, the that was the the merch was the merch is very good, and also. Mm-hmm. Um, the main store is is basically open the entire time that that you're on the cruise. It closes at the end of night two, so anything that you want, you have to buy before the evening, uh, uh, the end of the evening of night two. Because on the morning of day three, which was this morning when I checked out, it was closed. Mm-hmm. And they do have a small merchandise shop back at the check in checkout desk back on the planet Earth, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as extensive, and I would say nowhere near as sophisticated merchandise it's basically t-shirts keychains pins stuff like that oh can we talk real quick about the practical stuff like i was asking about fuel rods oh yeah yeah. go ahead do that yeah this is great yeah you did you did great uh diapers talk about that go ahead Mm -hmm. yeah they have all that stuff all the stuff that all the like toiletries yeah they have it it's not out because it doesn't match the space theme Mm -hmm. but if you need baby snacks and Band-Aids and Claritin, Mm. they have it. I saw it. I asked for a couple things so that I could witness it with my own eyeballs. And it's a tiny shop. But when, you know, when they always say like, can you check in the back? There is a huge box. It's it's, an enormous back. It is. It is. The shop is probably the size of your kitchen, Mm -hmm. but it is attached to the warehouse from Indiana Jones. (laughs) That's the the back gym. (laughs) They don't have a fuel rod machine, but if you ask a crew member, Um, No matter what your phone, I have an iPhone, but they'll bring you a charger and a battery and they'll just keep swapping it out for you and there is no charge. It's part of your... Yeah, I thought that was really lovely. And they have an ATM machine. Yeah, I found the ATM, yeah. 
Yeah. So when I uh, when I left, I uh, I, I uh, added a gratuity for for Jen mm -hmm. with a another signed photo that says, you know, thanks for being my number one fan. So I left her for that for that I last night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The um. All right. So Jim, we uh. I, the, the only other thing I want to talk, Chrissy, are you done by the way? I am. Okay. If you if you're done with. All right. Me. So two 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 last things. One um. Uh, Jim, have we talked about on the show again? My my brain is fried. Have we talked on the show about my dance routine? No, I the, think the, we with the storm with the stormtroopers in passing. But again, it, it's such a wonderful video. And again, I love that you referenced the birdcage. But please, dog. So I had a uh, a song and a dance routine specifically designed for if the first order tried to recruit me mm -hmm. and how I was going to deflect that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't part of my storyline because I established fairly on that I was with the resistance. Mm -hmm. um, but at one point on day two, the stormtroopers were standing around with no one near them mm -hmm. in the back of the um, in the back of the the ship by the bridge. And I decided like I needed to practice routine. Like I would I would regret if I didn't get a chance to do it live mm -hmm. just just to see what it was like. So um, so I went up to them and, and again I, I was trying to think of something good to do here. And and my model for this was Robin Williams explaining the eclectic celebration of the dance from the movie The Birdcage. And I wrestled with this for like a week. Like how do I how do I do this without doing exactly this, without copying it, right? Mm -hmm. And in the end, I decided, why don't I copy it? Like nobody's like nobody's trying to adapt Shakespeare mm -hmm. into you know to something else. It, it's genius the way it is. Mm -hmm. Why don't I just do very minimal rewrites of it, you know, and adapt it for Star Wars, mm -hmm. but basically leave it as it was. Mm -hmm. And so the big thing for me was, could I actually remember the dialogue and pull off the dance moves? Mm -hmm. So, so I walk up to these stormtroopers with no one around them, and I'm like, "Hey, fellas, you know," and I give them the story. I am Hank Lonely, you know, <laughs> uh, a galactic film star about to produce my tenth film. I, you know, and I ask them like, "Have you?" And I go through the whole thing. Have you seen the films? Yada yada. I'm like, well, you know, that's fine that you haven't seen them. Say, hey, listen. You guys may have the head of a Q-tip, but you have the legs of a ballerina. Could you do a dance number in my next film? I'd love to cast you. And they're looking at me like, what? And I'm like, yeah, what I need you to do is an eclectic celebration of space. Mm -hmm. I need you to do adventure. I need you to do romance. I need you to do drama. I need you to do comedy. I need you to do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. I need you to do Fosse and Fosse and Fosse. I need you to do Madonna, 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 but you keep it all inside. Uh, perfect. It, perfect. No, no, again, it's a long time. And I, 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 I missed, you I, I missed. Yeah. Stumped. This is the only time yeah. that I witnessed crew members being speechless. Like, <laughs> I, I, I told they had nothing. They had nothing. The, 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 it actually stopped the cast members. And Jim, I told you a story offline mm -hmm. about the reaction that I got from a specific cast member. Wait, I'm not going to say it on the show, mm -hmm. but I am fairly confident, Jim, that based on what I said, the legend of Hank Lonely is now lore uh. on the Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> uh. All right. So, so one last thing. We have to do a group event mm -hmm. on this. Okay. You, I mean, you, and I, you and I could write. We'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. If you are willing to do some writing, I will do a group event with you on this ship. By the way, I don't know if you, you've seen, I've, I've already settled on a character name. Uh, mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, what is it? No. Jim the Hut. You know, the <laughs> Job his cousin. <laughs> well, but, but the interesting thing is, actually, there's a way to get away with it. If you go back to the original New Hope, they actually had a human Jabba the Hutt. 
Um, now, really? Now, mind you, he's dressed basically in a bear suit without a head. So, it, you know, I will be the warmest. That's doable, Jim. I'll be the warmest <laughs> human being in Florida, but I'm willing to do it. So, <laughs> All right. So we're doing this in December or January. There right? we go. Please. <laughs> okay. Please. <laughs> okay. We, we, we're going to workshop this. By the way, that was my, uh, one of my other lines. Oh. Like anytime anybody asked me, like, mm. that's the stupidest character. Uh, uh, as a backstory, I had mm. – um, in in Hank Lonely's nine part film series, mm-hmm. Space Robots in Outer Space, mm-hmm. the C three PO character was played by a character named Oscar, mm-hmm. and um, C- and R two D two was a character named Mailbox. And there's a whole thing I, I riff on with Southern accents. <laughs> but um, but anytime somebody somebody said if if anybody had said that those were stupid names or they didn't like them, mm-hmm. my my gag line for the entire thing was, well, we're still workshopping everything. <laughs> So let's you and me just workshop stuff, right? Okay. Okay. All right. We have several months to do this. All right. So last thing mm-hmm. before we do the closing credits, everyone wants to know, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I gave a ton of people uh, a lot of hassle on this very topic. Mm-hmm. So let me just say this, right? So I'm a travel writer. I think it's my job to tell you how to spend your travel money to get the most out of it. Like I firmly believe that, right? So mm-hmm. that means that I think I should say X is a better value than Y in absolute terms, mm-hmm to be as clear as possible. So a ranking system, right? Mm-hmm. And and I say, I think, it's my personal opinion, right? I think that saying it's up to you to decide if it's worth it is an absolute cop-out, right? We know from the $5,000 entry price mm-hmm. that a Star Cruiser vacation costs more than 95% of Americans spend on vacation every year. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to assume that you are writing for that 95%. Mm-hmm. I know that Jeff Bezos is not reading my blog mm-hmm. and Warren Buffett is not watching my YouTube videos, right? So I can safely ignore the richest 5% of American households. Mm-hmm. And not only that, $5,000 is practically meaningless to them mm-hmm. in the context of a vacation, right? Another thing is, is I've been to 46 of the 50 United States. I've missed Nebraska, Iowa, North Dakota, and Maine. Mm-hmm. I've been to Mexico. I've been to big and small towns all over Canada, and I've spent months in Europe, right? So I have some experience with travel. Here's what I think you should do with $5,000 in travel money. If you haven't seen much of the United States, and that means Alaska, Hawaii, the Rocky Mountains, the Great Plains, the Pacific Northwest, and you know Palm Springs in California, right? Mm-hmm. Do that first with your $5,000 and drive. Don't fly as much as you can. And for one thing, right? Driving gives you a sense of how big this country is and of the enormous natural resources that it is blessed with, right? Also, you meet people. And Jim, you know this, right? We see bad news about bad things and bad people mm-hmm. that happen in this country every single day. Mm-hmm. But if you explore the United States, you will find good people in every town, in every state, in every part of this country. And driving around the United States and meeting those people who live there will restore your faith in America in a way that a theme park can't. That's why you need to see the United States first. Mm-hmm. And then if you haven't been to the United Kingdom in Europe, is the United Kingdom even part of Europe anymore? No, it is not. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you haven't been to the UK and you haven't been to Europe, especially Western Europe, do that next. Mm-hmm. Much of American and Canadian culture is based on stuff brought over from Western Europe. And you know, whereas the United States has a couple hundred years of history, Europe has a couple thousand years of history. Mm-hmm. And just like visiting the United States, when you visit Europe, you will find kind people just like here. Europe has its own way of doing things, everything from the metric system to a social safety net to strange and unique plumbing and electrical <laughs> systems, right? Yes. Yep. So by visiting Europe, you can start to think about why they have those systems instead of ours. 
and what they think the advantages and disadvantages might be. So maybe we can learn something from them and maybe they can learn stuff from us. And that's what travel is about. Likewise, if your family history is from another part of the world, from Africa, from Asia, from South America, places I haven't been to yet, the North Pole, whatever, go see the homeland and for pretty much the same reasons, right? But once you've done that, I would absolutely encourage you to spend $5,000 in the Star Cruiser. It is an experience that is unlike anything else in the themed entertainment industry, and it is worth every penny. Right? That's, that's how I think it is worth it. Really? You haven't been to Maine yet. I know, right? <laughs> Maine. That's what Jim got out of that. I loved it. <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking of my good, close, personal friends at Silent Hill who'd love to see Len. You know, oh, right, right. You know, particularly if he, he'll bring you. up six-pack of light bulbs, all right? You know, we could finally see the town. So, This is the comedic genius of Jim Hill that you tied back in something that we talked about an hour, an, an hour and 20 minutes ago, and you tie it back in at the end. That was genius. Jim. That might be the funniest thing you've done in the history of this podcast. Uh, I'm here all week. Tip your waitresses. Okay. So, no, thank you to, to both you and Chrissy, because again, I, I want to stress here, you guys literally just got off uh, yeah, you know, I, the Halcyon. I've been, I've, been off, I've been off the Halcyon less than four hours, and I <sighs> I haven't slept in two days. Uh, <laughs> like, well, no, I, I'm exhausted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the rest of the day. I, and you've been peopling for three I've days. I've been peopling. Yeah, uh, I, I met, I met a ton of people. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, and I, I can't remember everyone's names, mm -hmm. but um, uh, uh, Hope, uh, Mark, mm -hmm. David, Haston, everybody that I met, you guys made this experience. It, uh, Todd from Los Angeles, mm -hmm. you're in there too. Uh, Reza mm -hmm. met you today. Fabulous. The people that I met, I mean, they're all nerds like us, mm -hmm. right? And they all invested in the story. It was fabulous. Mm -hmm. I love meeting these people. I hope we all get a chance to do it again. Killer. Well, again, thanks for doing it. For, for, for you know, again, and remember, it took some doing to actually get on the first cruise. And yeah, the fact yeah. that I remember looking at the image that you took of the empty atrium at 3 a.m. And it's like, oh, dear yeah. Lord, <laughs> you know, that, you know, Len, the Len Testa in his raccoon outfit walking around the inside <laughs> of the. I, I actually had a shiny robe again in character. <laughs> oh. God. All right. So. All right. The show's long enough. All right, folks. That's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please head on over to DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com. We'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. You can find more of Jim at JimHillMedia.com and more of me, Len, at TouringPlans.com. Chrissy, where can people find you? Same. Okay. <laughs> Crispy lemons okay. on the on the social media. No, I'm at that. I don't touring plans. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Christy, and thank you for uh, yeah, for doing this whole thing. Really it was uh, it's one of the best things I think we've ever done together. It's great. Definitely. We're, we're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who'll be serving waffle dipped chicken tenders with maple barbecue sauce and double maple cupcakes for dessert at the fifteenth Lunenburg Maple Festival at the Lunenburg Primary School. You know, on Bobbin Mill Road. On Saturday, March 26th, 2022, starting at 8 a.m. While Aaron's doing that, please go on to iTunes and Raider Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We'll see you on the next show.